Okay. All right. Let's go to the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for this time. We thank you for these sweet people. We thank you for the opportunity of your work and witness in this place we call covenant. We ask that you bless us. Thank you for Luke a long time ago writing. And we had him to hold in our hands and study today. Give us ears to hear and hearts to listen to thus said the Lord. <coughs> and we'll be careful to give you the place in everything. Jesus' name we ask you. Amen. Okay. <coughs> Oh, every time I get settled, I got to do something. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, that's. heard me say before and it's still true <clears throat> what's in the confines of this book is true in this world when we wonder what truth is and where it's coming this is true uh, I read from the study of Ray Steadman and Chuck Swindoll and the authors of at Dallas Theological and they're good men they love the Lord but when it comes down to truth this is it this is all we have to base our Christian life in and from the beginning to the end Genesis to Revelation the one single thing is the redemption of mankind through Jesus God's Son so we're going to look at a little piece of this this morning we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 9, we talked about Paul's conversion last week, and we're going to see where this takes us. So we're going to pick up around um, 17, 18, 19, chapter 9. I'm not really sure where the reader's going to start, but here we go. Filled with the Holy Spirit, and immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight 
and he got up and was baptized, and he took food and was strengthened. Now for several days he was with the disciples who were at Damascus, and immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. All those hearing him continued to be amazed, and were saying, Is this not he who in Jerusalem destroyed those who called on this name, and who had come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests? But Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that this Jesus is the Christ. When many days had elapsed, the Jews plotted together to do away with him. But their plot became known to Saul. They were also watching the gates day and night so that they might put him to death. But his disciples took him by night and let him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in a large basket. When he came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. And he was with them, moving about freely in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of the Lord. And he was talking and arguing with the Hellenistic Jews, but they were attempting to put him to death. But when the brethren learned of it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus. Okay, let's take that, that much and then we'll see how, how far we can go. Um, <clears throat> Saul, Paul. We've talked about that. His name is going to be real quickly just Paul uh, and we'll, we'll see in a minute like what we've talked about before that he leaves Acts for a short period of time but <clears throat> after he was saved around verse 18 now for several days he was with the disciples who were at Damascus now when we read this you know we, we think we're used to reading books and the chronologies just keeps going like it does. This is going to be a little bit different. Um, the nail come in front, that, that wire right there. Yes, sir. Okay. <clears throat> the, um, the chronology from verses 19 through verses 30, just that little short time, probably is four years give or take four years so we need to kind of get in perspective here what what uh, uh, Luke is telling us now for several days he was with the disciples who were at Damascus and immediately he began proclaiming Jesus in the synagogue saying he is the son of God all those hearing him continued to be amazed and were saying, Is this not the one in Jerusalem destroyed those who called on his name and who had come here for the purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priests? But Saul kept increasing in strength and confounding the Jews who lived at Damascus by proving that this Jesus was the Christ. Now we've talked about Paul, Saul, <laughs> born in Tarsus. 
about five years old, they moved his mother and daddy, who were Jewish um, Jews, and they were Roman citizens, moved back to Jerusalem. He sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He had a PhD, so to speak, in, in, uh, in Jewish history. He was uh, a smart man. So it was a natural for him once he got saved and what he knew from Scripture, he started putting it to, pla to practice. And he was in the synagogue all the time anyway, so it was a natural thing for him to go to the synagogue and the Jews were confounded because what he knew. But this was easy for Paul. Saul, you, you forgive me, that's the same person. But anyway, uh, he, he, it was easy for him to do that because he was trained and the Lord had dealt with him. He had dealt with him. Okay. So this part of Scripture there was easy, so to speak. Now, when many days had elapsed, verse 23, the Jews plotted together to do away with him. That is their MO. What happened when Peter and John healed? Brad, I can't see you behind the post. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> The, the, the M.O. of the Jews was when they didn't like what they, they heard, they just wanted to kill them. When Peter and John healed the guy at, at the temple, they wanted to kill him. Uh, and it, it, was, it was there the way they wanted to do. So they didn't like what he was doing and they plotted, they plotted to kill him. Uh, but their plot became known. Their plot became known and they were watching the gates night and day that they might put him to death. Now, the little paper I, I gave you up at the top, we've got several things here. We've got Saul's conversion. We've got many days, and that's what we just talked about here. Many days. And he was, he, he was uh, there with the disciples but that was a difficult period we had an easy period when he was in the in the temple many days we don't know how long many days is but we'll have a little clue in just a minute we have a, a clue in just a minute but in verse 25 but his disciples took him by night and led him down through an opening in the wall luring him in a large basket when he came to Jerusalem Okay. Well, let's see what happens here. In, in, uh, in our uh, little map here, he went to Arabia. Uh, let's turn to Galatians there, Galatians chapter 1, and we'll, we'll uh, hold your finger there because we're going to stay there a minute. Uh, Galatians chapter 1. This is Paul himself talking. Galatians chapter 1. You with me? But when God, who set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, was pleased 
to reveal his son to me that I might preach him among Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood, nor did I go to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to come acquainted with Cephas, Peter, and stayed with him 15 days. Okay. Let's, let's go, hold your finger there. We're going to come back in a minute, but let's go back to... <clears throat> so, Paul stayed and was increasing in strength in Damascus, preaching in the synagogue, but when many days had elapsed, they were plotting to put him death, to death. So, and when he came to Jerusalem, okay, what had happened in the meantime is what Galatian, what Paul tells us in Galatian. So he went to Arabia. Look at the little map that I gave you. The, the first little line from Jerusalem, he goes up to Damascus. That's when he had the letters from the high priest to put them in jail and, and that's, what, that's what he intended to do. <clears throat> then he went into Arabia. That's what he told us in Galatian. We don't know how long he was in Arabia. Uh, <clears throat> then he went back to Damascus. He went back to Damascus. And then that's when verse <clears throat> 23 was when they had to let him down through the wall in a basket. Uh, <clears throat> so he started in Jerusalem, went to Damascus, went to Arabia, went back to Damascus, and this tells us that when he came to Jerusalem. Okay, let's pick it up in verse 26. Now, we had an easy part for him in the synagogue. 23 through 25 was uh, a difficult part there, uh, <clears throat> yet the Lord was teaching him as he was in Arabia, and verse 26 through the end, uh, when he came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples. But they were afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. So he had been gone from Jerusalem now, uh, better part of three years, you know. <laughs> He wasn't kind of out of sight, out of mind, so they didn't know him as, as well as, as they had. But when he got there, his intent was to see the disciples. But they were standoffish. They were still afraid of the man because of his threats that he had spouted all before. And remember, he was at Stephen's stoning. And so here he was, he was afraid of that. Uh, <clears throat> so when he came to Jerusalem, verse 26, he was trying to asso associate with the disciples, but they were afraid of him, not believing he was a disciple. But Barnabas. <coughs> there are some unsung heroes in the New Testament. Barnabas, in my opinion, tops the list. Now, we know a little bit about Barnabas when back in chapter 4 uh, Luke introduced us to, to Barnabas 
Um, just flip back to chapter 4 right quick. Uh, verses uh, 36. Chapter 4, verses 36. Now Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, he owned a tract of land and sold it and brought it to the feet and laid it at the apostles' feet. And Art talked about that when we read that, when we studied that scripture. So Luke gives us a little insight on who Barnabas was. But Barnabas... We don't know how long he was in Jerusalem, but he was in Jerusalem a while before Barnabas hooked up with him. And when Barnabas hooked up with him, things started to progress. Uh, it's <laughs> We always have said, you know, it's not what you know, but who you know. So Barnabas took, took Saul and he says, I want to show you to these men. And so let's look at what he had, verse 27. But Barnabas took hold, hold of him and brought him to the disciples and described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to them and, and how at Damascus he was spoken at boldly in the name of Jesus. And he was with them moving about freely in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of the Lord. Now what we just read in first in Galatians chapter 1, he was with Peter 15 days. Uh, but he was with Barnabas longer than that. But he was with him 15 days. And he says, I didn't see any other disciples, verse 19, except the Lord's brother. Uh, so uh, Paul, although James uh, being the Lord's brother was not one of the 12, he had that title and he was, he was known to be uh, one of the, uh, the leaders of the early church. Okay. Uh, and in verse 29, he was talking and arguing with the Hellenistic Jews and they were attempting to put him to death. Second time they were going to put him to death. Verse 30. But when the brethren heard of it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus. Now go back to your little map. There. <clears throat> so the one that says little four, we're going back to Jerusalem. We stayed in Jerusalem. We don't know how long he stayed in Jerusalem. But and then they he they moved him after he fell in the or was in the in the um, in the basket and then they led him out and went to Caesarea. He got on, on a boat and he went up to Tarsus, which was his hometown. Now we don't know how long he stayed in Tarsus, but we think he was in Tarsus maybe as long as ten years or longer. Uh, so uh, there's we leave Luke leaves Luke leaves um, Saul at Tarsus at this particular point. So so this is uh, a four year period or longer that he, he was number one <clears throat> led to Arabia 
and he was under the tutorship of the Holy Spirit at that point teaching him what he needed to know and and he went he went to uh, Jerusalem he was affirmed by the apostles at that time or Peter and James excuse me yes Peter and James the Lord's brother and uh, and then through threats he was moved to Caesarea and then went to Tarsus now let's take a little side trip you can use this same little map here uh, Pastor Larry's been teaching about Jonah for the last little bit and and he's he told him he says go to Nineveh uh, you see Assyria there and you see Damascus if you just go to the right side of the, uh, a little bit more modern-day Mosul in Iraq is is Nineveh so Jonah the Lord told Jonah to go to Mosul <laughs> we'll use the modern-day term and instead he went to Joppa we're going to see about Joppa in just a minute it's there on, on, on your little map and he set sail for, for Tarsus and that's when the big fish took over as we as Pastor Larry has been preaching so this kind of is the same set of circumstances that, that we have, have here now in verse 31 Luke does a transition here so the church throughout Judah and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace being built up, going on in fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It continued to increase. Well, uh, that's, that's the way the Lord does something. Let me read a little bit what Chuck Swindoll says. It represents the part of a believer that continues to make decisions and to take actions consistent with his or her own habitual sinful way of thinking. When the flesh uh, decisions that lead to self-sufficiency, self-righteousness, self-interest attitudes, and self-motivation outcomes, this is not good. And this is not what had happened here because... They enjoyed peace, being built up, going in the fear of the Lord, and comforted by the Holy Spirit. So the vain, the vain things that we men do, you know, uh, that wasn't happening. But rather, rather the work of the ministry it requires surrender of believers. Uh, the same Spirit they accomplish the work of ministry will one mind. We know from experience that when, when you're all together with something, you can move forward. The Lord leads, the Spirit of the God moves, and this is what they were enjoying in this region. He's, and it encompassed a lot. Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, they had great peace at that particular time. So this is a little transition point. Saul has gone to Tarsus. We won't pick him up until the latter part of chapter 11. And, and we'll, we'll see. He was up there maybe as long as 10 years. But we'll see what happened here. Now in verses 32 through 43, I'll let the, the reader read if I don't have to reboot this thing. 
which I probably will. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Y'all have to put up with my reading. Now, as Peter was traveling through all these regions, he came also with the saints who lived, lived at Lydda. And there he found a man named whoever, who had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. Okay. Now, look down at verse 38 right quick. Lida was near Joppa. If you look back on, on either one of the maps, this little map I gave you today or, or the one last week, Joppa, Lida was about nine miles southeast going toward Jerusalem from Joppa. So it was right there. It was a major thoroughfare because the road that was going to Egypt was intersected at that, at that point. Today, Lida is uh, the airport at Tel Aviv. It's, it, it's, it's, that's where it is today. But <clears throat> So Peter was out. He says he was visiting the saints in the region. And uh, verse 33, he found this man who had been bedridden for eight years for he was paralyzed. So he depended on everybody else to, to dress him, to, to bathe him, to do everything that he needed to be done. Uh, verse 34, and Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you get up make your bed immediately he got up we talked about the healings of of, of of Peter and James when they were going into the temple uh, <clears throat> Peter and John excuse me when they were going into the temple that the healing was instantaneous of the guy that they healed there it was instantaneous here. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that Peter told him to make his bed up. But anyway, he said, he said get up, make your bed, and, and, uh, and, that, and that was it. Verse 35, And all who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Um. You know, the Lord works like He wants to work. It's, if we ever think that we know what's going on, we're crazy. But the Lord does exactly what He wants to do. Now, why did He choose to heal this man at this particular time, at this particular place? I don't know, but under the prompting of the Holy Spirit, Peter said, I'm going to heal you. Or, let me correct that right quick he said Jesus Christ Jesus Christ heals you Jesus Christ heals you get up make your bed and immediately he got up and people turned to the Lord when they knew of what was going on they, they turned to to the Lord verse 36 now in Joppa that's just nine miles away there uh, there was a disciple named Tabitha who's translated in Greek means Dorcas 
This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity for which she continually did. And it happened at the time she felt sick and died, and when they had washed her body, they laid her in an upper room. So they were preparing Dorcas or Tamitha's body for burial. Uh, she died, but she would had one that had been actively in the ministry and was a very great lady. <clears throat> Verse 38. Since Lida was near Joppa, the disciples having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him imploring, do not delay, come to us. And we talked about travel. Uh, they, you, they could walk about 25 miles a day. So this was a half a day's journey. They walked to Joppa, found uh, Peter and says we need you we need you so verse 39 Peter rose went with him when he uh, arrived they brought him into the upper room where the, the lady was and all the widows stood by him weeping and showing all the tunics and the garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them <clears throat> but Peter we're turning the corner. Sent them all out, knelt down, prayed, <coughs> turned to the body, and he said, Tabitha, arise. She opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand, raised her up, calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. Now we have many instances in Scripture where God's man raised people from the dead. Elisha, Elijah, these prophets of old, you know, uh, raised people from the dead. The, uh, the widow with her child. Um, there are many instances that this happened. And verse 42 was the reason for, for, for this. It became known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Many believed in the Lord. Nothing happens by chance. Scripture wasn't, wasn't just arbitrarily put here by chance. It was there for us to understand and move that when we uh, agree with the Lord, when the Lord works in our hearts and the Holy Spirit moves within us, we might not raise people from the dead, but we can, we can do some things that we couldn't do in our own strength. And God gets the glory. And maybe... We don't do it because we want to get the glory sometimes. And as we said in this transition verse on, thir on 31, it never happens when we don't agree with the Spirit of God. Never happens when we don't agree. So, in verse 42, it said it became known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And then it closes out this particular chapter with verse 43 and Peter stayed many days in Joppa 
with a time with a tanner named Simon. We'll pick up with with uh, Simon next week. Art will pick up with chapter ten, which is Cornelius' vision and taking the gospel to the Gentiles, as uh, as he uh, he did at this particular point. Any questions? Any comments? Okay. Well, just a little snippet in the life of the early church. And next week is going to be good uh, because Peter shines and also uh, the Lord does as well and in uh, this particular thing. Uh, I was going to ask Rhoda to read a scripture and I just forgot about it, Rhoda. Thank you for your willingness. Anything else? Cliff? Dismiss us, brother. Dear Lord, we thank you for this privilege to add to you, Lord, both the 